Whether it's luck or magic, the Hawks survive a close one against Orlando. You know, had some turnovers, had technical foul. We didn't get stops, and uh, we really uh, just got lucky tonight. Welcome into the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Daniel Salerson. You'll hear from AJC Hawks beat reporter Lauren Williams in just a few moments. What a thrilling victory for the Atlanta Hawks on Monday, defeating the Orlando Magic 126-125. I'll recap how it went down, plus we have a very special guest on today's podcast. Lauren sits down with Hawks rookie A.J. Griffin. All of that is yours coming up on the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. It might have been a win for Atlanta over Orlando, but it didn't seem like one based on what you just heard from head coach Nate McMillan. That's because the Hawks had a 12-point lead with 3.05 left in the ballgame before the Magic went on an 11-0 run to take the lead. It took two DeJounte Murray free throws to secure the win late in the game. It's not how you start, it's how you finish, and Coach McMillan wants to see his team do better closing out games. We've got to finish games. It's a 48-minute game, and I thought uh, we, we started to relax in that fourth quarter, late in that fourth quarter, and you know, one play can change the momentum of a game, and uh, we just got to show growth uh, in playing a 48-minute game. The good news from Monday's win was DeJounte Murray and John Collins returning from injury. Seven guys put up 10 or more points, Trey Young leading the way with 37. Now, they just need to get back Clint Capella, and they'll be fully healthy for the first time in a long time. Hopefully a healthy squad can lead to this team figuring out who they are, says Murray. You know, I think we're just trying to figure out that identity, who we are. You got a bunch of guys in the lineup, out the lineup, you know, guys having to step up and play. They're not playing because guys are coming back. So, you know, it's kind of hard to build that chemistry and that identity like that. So I think the main goal is to get healthy. Hey, Lauren, this team is having a hard time closing out wins. Why can't they put together a complete 48-minute game? Yeah, Daniel, I think unfortunately for this team, they get into the habit of completely relaxing at certain points of the game, especially when they have a double-digit lead. Now, for this team to be the championship-caliber team that we know they're capable of being, they need to make sure that they're taking care of the ball in those clutch minutes, making sure they're making the right stops, and then making sure that they're taking the right shots, moving the ball, finding the right options so that their opponents aren't taking the ball away from them or taking the ball out of the net and scoring quickly in transition. Atlanta improves to 16-15 and 15 on the season, sitting 8th in the Eastern Conference. Up next for the Hawks is the Chicago Bulls on Wednesday night. Tip-off is set for 7.30. Don't forget to check out the Hawks after the game pages in the AJC e-paper and online at AJC.com, which is only available if you subscribe at subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. Okay, Lauren, take it away. 
All right, everyone. Thank you, Daniel, so much for that recap of Monday night's game against the magic, the hot magic. <laughs> um, but today, I mean, we've got a real treat for you. You know, we get a chance to talk to AJ Griffin, the rookie uh, of the Hawks, who has been really making a huge impact on this team uh, so far. And I mean, Daniel, it's it's been quite a couple of weeks for the Hawks. I feel like every time we talk, you know, we have a really great game and then not so great. Game. <laughs> um, you know, the last time we talked, the Hawks hadn't given up 50 points to the Magic in the first quarter. And I feel I'm, I'm hoping for this organization, for this roster, for this team, that that's a turning point for them, that, you know, either they start to really find that consistency that they've been lacking this season and go from there. It's unfortunate for this team that, you know, they're at 500 as of Monday when we're recording this, they're 15 and 15, ninth in the Eastern conference. And it's, it's been quite a slide from them from being in the top six to now ninth. So a lot of teams have made pushes as of late. We've got the, 76ers now in the the top five we've got the Nets now in the top five so you know we're seeing these teams do what they need to do and and get into a a solid positioning should the season end tomorrow um so now actually I just sorry I just double checked the standings the Hawks are eighth in the Eastern Conference right behind the Miami Heat and It's unfortunate because I think the expectations for this team were so high coming into the season. And unfortunately for them, they've had to deal with several injuries to their starters. And of course, that does have an effect on on how this roster plays, the chemistry and everything like that. But we're seeing this team not beat the teams that they're supposed to beat on paper. And it's tough because you expect so much more out of the Hawks, even with the injuries affecting them, but it continues to bring up questions about the depth of this team. And and coming into the season, they were supposed to be a team that's pretty deep. And, you know, we're past the December 15th date where teams that signed players this off season can now trade them. Of course, we haven't really seen any trades happen in December in a really long time, but that does bring up questions about some of these guys that are at the end of the bench about whether the Hawks are going to make a move. I mean, John Collins is still in the the trade talks, but I think it's time that if they, I'm sure that they've been considering moves all season long, but if they weren't, this is the time for them to now start seriously picking up the phone and having discussions with other organizations about moves that need to be made. Um, You know, I I think this team is one or two players away from being a championship team. And we've seen it before where kind of like with Boston last season, they made the trade um, ahead of the trade deadline or at the trade deadline for Derek White. And they made that push all the way to the finals. And we've seen it time and time again. So whether the Hawks decide to go for Jake Crowder or, or someone else, you know, that could be a tipping point for them to make a really good push into the playoffs. Yeah. I just, I think we need to see, and we've been saying this on this show very often, we need to see more consistency 
from the Hawks, and we just haven't seen that yet. I think that Friday's win over the Charlotte Hornets was, for the first time, I think, what we expected to see out of the Hawks, or they they played as we expected them to. They they went in there, they didn't feel sorry for anybody, and they just did what they needed to do. 75 points in the first half. Trey Young was very efficient from the floor. The ball was moving. Bogey was hot. You know, I'm pretty sure all of the players had had scored a basket by the end of the first half. And that and that's what we need to see from from this Hawks team, not the team that we saw in the third quarter. The ball stopped moving. They were chucking up shots that weren't the best. And, and the Hornets kind of came back within three. But again, they turned things around in the fourth quarter. Again, the ball started to move a lot more. Um, they were taking the right shots and they were able to create some distance and, and beat the Hornets. So if that's a team that is consistently playing night in, night out. Good things are going to happen. And on Monday night, they have a little bit of a revenge game coming up against the Orlando Magic. Daniel, you recapped that. So for you, when you look at this team and what they've done over the last week, is this the team that we should expect to continue seeing? Or are they going to continue taking the right steps forward? I think you want them to see those steps taken to look like the team that we all thought they were going to be. But this has been a roller coaster ride that you thought you wanted to stay on, but you end up now wanting to get off because you're getting sick. And that's just because how this Hawks team has been all season long. The expectations are high. They've seen some games where they've looked really good against some contenders. For example, the Milwaukee Bucks, they've been there a couple times. And then you saw what happened against Orlando in that 50 point first quarter some really bad losses, and you think, where is this team going? And it is interesting you bring up the trade scenarios. I mean, this team has to be buyers at the deadline. You go make a trade like that for DeJounte Murray, you're not doing that to eventually just tank for this season. We've talked about whether, you know, or some people have asked, you know, whether Nate McMillan is the right coach. I'm not going to get into that as far as whether that's the case or not. But I think you need something to spark this team. If you don't feel like this team that was put together is enough, then you're going to have to go get some pieces at the at the deadline and see, or even earlier than the deadline, because the deadline's in February, to see what you have. If John Collins is not in your future plans, what can you get for him? Clint Capella not in your future plans? See what we can get out, get for him. But you have the you have the pieces in Trey and DeJounte, and I feel like those are the two main ones. Your conversation with AJ Griffin's coming up later. He's a guy that you feel like you're starting to get the confidence of. He's going to be a piece for you for the future. It's just what else is there going to be? Um, Bogey's been playing well. He had the the run rough game when he got back, but that was expected just, you know, when you miss so many games. But after that, he's been solid um, ever since and putting up some great numbers, shooting well from three, getting others involved. Yeah, yeah, he's shooting really well. So um, for me, and again, it's so hard because they haven't been healthy, but it's because of what they did while they were healthy that concerned me a lot that, you know, they weren't playing up to the level that we thought. But then we talked about it last week, too. Well, did we give them enough time to kind of get acclimated with one another? And maybe we didn't. But, you know, now it doesn't matter whether we gave them enough time. You're 10 games away from being the halfway point of the season. That's going to creep up real quick. And if you're not climbing up into that top six, at least, and not have to worry about a play-in, then something has to be done. And so I feel like that's really where the Hawks are right now is, you know, this is a, 
I wouldn't say a lighter part of the schedule, but there's some very winnable games this week. Um, with after tonight, you have Chicago, who from reports saying they might be the ones that are going to be shopping all of their guys. You have the Pacers, who are who are not terrible, but uh, obviously a very winnable game. And then I think there was another game uh, in between there that I am missing. That is the Detroit Pistons, who will be without Cade Cunningham. And so this week could be a very important week to figure out where where this team's at right now. Here's the thing with the NBA. It's and and this is what I feel like we've quickly learned about this Hawks team is that no games are winnable games just yep. because of who the opponent is. And Correct. They've dropped games to the the Rockets, who at one point were at the bottom of the Western Conference. Excuse me, they're still at the bottom of the Western Conference at 15. They dropped a game to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are 13th in the Western Conference. I mean. It's it's just they have to, and I think they've said this several, several times, they have to come out with this urgency. They have to make sure that they're not overlooking any opponents. And I think that's one of the issues that this team has, and we mentioned it in the last podcast, and, and even Clint Capella himself said that they they also sometimes overlook teams. So I hope after all of these losses to teams that are at the bottom of their conferences, it shows that. Nothing is going to be given to them. They have to earn everything. And I think the the big turning point is seeing also if Trey Young can be the efficient player that we know him to be. And I think I love watching Trey the most when he is making passes and finding the right shots, being patient. And we know that he can hit those floaters. He hit five of them in the first quarter, had 14 points, or excuse me, 19 points by the end of the first half, had six assists. And then in the third quarter, he started to push. And and as, as, as the Hornets, I guess, you know, came up with a little bit more urgency, a little bit of scrappiness, you saw that kind of rushing of not finding the right shot, not finding that third, fourth, fifth option. And I think... This team is at its best when it does that. So um, regardless of who is on the floor. So that's kind of the thing that I would love to see. That's something that Nate McMillan has been preaching most of this season. And so I think this team can be a lot more exciting is if it's that pick your poison team. And, you know, Trey himself after the game, I asked if he felt like, you know, the, the team's chemistry has been affected by all of the injuries and and if he felt like you know they were building chemistry and he said that he felt the chemistry has been great all year long and so it's interesting to to hear kind of their perspective of where they are and um you know that identity we, we still haven't seen or determined what the identity of this hawks team is and it's been 30 games so you know um at the time we're recording this, both DeJounte Murray and John Compe- John Collins, <laughs> I was kind of creating a little John Capella hybrid, <laughs> but John Collins um, were both questionable for the game against the Magic. And obviously that will inject a lot of defensive juju or juice in- into this team. Um, I think if you have them back into the rotation, you can have Bogey come off of the bench and that's Bogdan Bogdanovich, you know, that's that's going to give them a lot of offensive power, um, you know, going into to Monday's game. Now, if 
those two aren't back, that means, you know, DeJounte Murray, John Collins aren't back on Monday night. We will probably see Bogdan Bogdanovich back into that starting five. And it, it'll it stretch the floor in a way that, you know, will hopefully keep that magic defense off kilter. And I think, you know, moving A.J. Griffin back to the bench, having Jalen Johnson come back off the bench. One, you have plenty of shooting in AJ and, you know, he's been obviously working through a little bit of a shooting slump himself, but you add a little bit more shooting. Um, you add some athleticism with Jalen Johnson and you have that strong, quick paced attacking the basket from Aaron holiday. So It'll be interesting. Um, you know, we hope that DeJounte and John Collins are back in there so that the Hawks can kind of really reap the benefits of, of that bench, which unfortunately for them hasn't been performing the way that, you know, they potentially hoped that it would have at the beginning of the season. But, you know, you definitely want to see a little bit more out of that second unit because we've seen them have really incredible highs. And then unfortunately for them, really incredible lows. Um, they're not one of the most productive offensively in the league, I believe, in terms of bench scoring. The last time I checked, they were like 26, which is not great. And so obviously you put a lot of responsibility on your starters, but for a team, you want to have a little bit more balance between the first and second units. And that's kind of the theme that you see in some of those championship teams. I mean, look at the Warriors. They have a guy like Jordan Poole coming off the bench and he can get you 20 points a night. Same with the Heat. You have Tyler Hero coming off of the bench when they're healthy and he'll get you 20, 22 a night. So you definitely hope that as the trade deadline kind of approaches, that, that, that that's something that the Hawks will continue to consider is getting that highly efficient scorer off the bench. And that could potentially be Jay Crowder, who is the name that's consistently been been floating around. So it's unfortunate that they're in this position. You know, they don't enjoy the fact that they're in this position, but you hope that that win over the Hornets on Friday night, that really terrible loss to the Orlando Magic on Wednesday night are the turning points for, you know, what they plan to do in terms of solidifying their identity. Yeah, and the good thing is you mentioned it with Collins and Murray potentially coming back this week. You're going to be as healthy as you were at the start of the season, especially with Bogey being back in there. So now is the time to use your evaluation process to figure out what holes need to be filled when this team is completely healthy. So you'll have an idea of your, your starting five being fully healthy, Bogey coming off the bench, AJ coming off the bench. Okay, you probably have your shooting. Obviously, you can always use more shooting, but you do have some there in the starting lineup and off the bench. What defensively needs to change? Um, how do certain rotations look? How do guys work playing with each other? And that's a good thing about the deadline being on the ninth is you don't have to make a move right now, but if they can stay healthy, use these next few weeks till, you know, 2023 and figure out, okay, this is what we need. We just need a couple pieces here, a couple pieces there, or we need to make a, make a big splash and add a, a third star, as they say, to the trio of Murray and Young. And, and I think that's, um, that's how the Hawks should go. So um, I think it's a good thing that we are going to see them hopefully fully healthy this week at, at some point. And yeah, it's kind of, you know, we've been talking about this for a few weeks. They've been talking about it for a few weeks. Now they just got to show it. The not looking down at opponents, the sense of urgency, finishing games. 
we can talk about it every week. We don't want to talk about it every week, but now we got to see it happen. And if we can see it happen against some good teams, and I, actually, I don't care if we see it against bad teams too. We just need to see it. And so even in that Hornets win, that third quarter was like, okay, you're on a losing streak right now and you're acting like this game is over just because the Hornets are one of the worst teams in basketball. Just play a complete 48 minutes at some point here. And I feel like that's when I know that, okay, this team is maybe making some progress, turning that corner as they say so another big week as i've said it i think every week that every week's a big week but <laughs> i think this week will really show with the help of this roster where they are and then maybe next week when we yeah. don't have to break things down after a, a recap that we'll have a good idea of where this team is heading into the calendar new year i think the thing that has become a little bit obvious to me in these first 30 games is that the hawks lack a very strong leadership presence in the locker room and that's not to crap on the leadership skills of John Collins, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. I think that they all bring very different types of leadership to the team and you know, I think I think that they are pretty good in what they do, but I think they need a leader in terms of that guy who is a strong scorer who brings championship caliber uh, defense to the roster, but can also be the person that tells them to cut the crap when they're starting to act out, act tough when they're up, as you know, Luka Doncic would say, and, and kind of refocus them in those moments. And I don't think that person has quite emerged yet in this locker room right now. And I think that's one thing that they're lacking. I, they have veteran leadership in... Clint Capella, in Bogdan Bogdanovich, in even Justin Holiday, but it just seems like those voices aren't... I, and I think maybe that with Bogey back in uniform, and I just actually wrote a story about this on Sunday, with uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich back in uniform, as opposed to being on the bench, that's kind of like the closest voice that they've gotten to kind of being like, cut the crap, guys. And... um you know, he at shoot around on Monday actually had a really good point that he's such a very straightforward guy that sometimes that's kind of what they need. They need the guy who's just going to be like, hey, we're playing like crap, get it together. And we'll see if maybe having him back in the rotation, back on the court is kind of that leadership voice that they were missing. If not, then maybe that's somebody that they go and trade for. Maybe that's and I, I, I'm only bringing up Jay Crowder as an example, just because he's the name that's been consistently floated around in connection to the Hawks. But maybe that's the Jay Crowder type that they go and get. And so, do you think you know, that could be? Do you think that could be Dejounte Murray? Sorry to interrupt. Do you think that could be Dejounte? No, Murray? no, no. I, I think we've seen it with Dejounte Murray, especially because this Hawks team is two and zero. Oh when Murray is the sole kind of leader um, in terms of ball handling. And again, that's not to downplay Trey's leadership, but it just seems that this team has a little different, a little bit of a different energy when Murray's the guy that's running the show versus Trey Young. And so I think that's part of, and I think we've talked, we've touched on this a little bit too, in terms of that's kind of where you'd want to see Trey Young mature a little bit more. And I think we got a flash of that in that Hornets game in that first half. 
I really do. You know, the way that he was rallying everyone, the way that he was communicating, passing the ball, taking the right shots, it showed. It, it, it trickled down from top to bottom. And so we just want to see that consistently from Trey um, of being the guy who, you know, is the straightforward leader who rallies everyone regardless of where they are, time score situation. So yeah, I, just, I think Murray's the closest um, to answer your question. Yeah, I, I would agree. I just, the way, just his his mannerisms, how he approaches things, just listening to him post-game too, where it's, we got to do better, we didn't play well, I'm not, it's that my numbers. Yeah, accountability that, Again, this is not the calling. I just don't hear it from a lot of the other guys when they're mm -hmm. up there. Um, yeah. I feel like maybe... I think Bogey and John Collins are probably the closest. And, yeah. and Clint. It's just... I think they just have very different ways of communicating on the court. Right. And so, yeah, I think Murray's probably the, the most vocal of that um, veteran presence. So... And he's still young, too. And that's the thing. And he's, he's still young on a new team. Yeah. So he might be holding yeah. back a little bit. But maybe it's it's one of those things that he maybe just has to do it and, and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Because if no mm -hmm. one else is, he might as well he's be the guy. It. Yeah. 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 I thought we saw it early and then it kind of dwindled a little bit. But, you know, hopefully he'll kind of start to get that confidence back. I think it kind of... Um, and maybe I'm reading the situation wrong, but I think it, it it kind of dialed back a little bit, especially when he hit that little offensive slump. Um, and I and I kind of understand a little bit the psychology behind it. It's like I'm not playing well, so why would anybody want to listen to me? But maybe that's to me where you are maybe a little bit more into that leadership position where you say, "Hey, I'm not playing well." So I need the rest of you guys to kind of rally around me and and help us stay afloat, help build us up and and everything like that. And it seems like he is that kind of guy because he welcomes people calling him out. He said that many times in his post game when we talk to him off to the side after practice or shoot around or anything like that. So, yeah, I think we want to create I think him being that guy who's willing to not only give out criticism, but also receive it is it it will bode well, but I do think they need one more voice like that in the locker room for it to be as productive as we know that it can be. Yeah, we'll see whether it just comes from someone that's already on the team or someone that will be brought in at the deadline. Mm -hmm. Well, Daniel, we've been talking for forever now, yeah, and we want to make sure that we get to the treat that we've uh, already talked to, or, or teased about with AJ Griffin joining us on the Hawks report later. So with that, we're going to take a break. And this is the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I just wanted to take this time again to thank all of you guys for being subscribers to the AJC and the AJC.com. It's what makes all of this possible. But if you aren't a subscriber, that's okay. You can go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast and your first month of unlimited Digital access is just 99 cents. 
That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. All right. We, we teased this at least two times now. So here is my conversation with AJ Griffin. Um, we chatted via phone last week, Tuesday, before that, that game against the Magic on Wednesday night. So with that, AJ Griffin, take it away. Thank you so much for joining us on the Hawks Report. I'm, I'm so happy to get the opportunity to chat with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I don't know if you know this, but you're actually the first player that I have interviewed on the Hawks Report. I mean, uh, my predecessor, she's, she had players on before, but you're the first player that I've gotten to talk to on this podcast. Oh, oh, it's an honor. Uh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> so thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. Well, I guess we could say rookie to rookie. Um, how are you feeling, <laughs> especially after, you know, the last couple of days that you guys have had the back-to-back um, at the time that we're recording this interview? Um, you know, just, you know, grateful, you know, being able to, uh, you know, just have moments like, you know, the one I had a couple of games ago and another buzz meter. Um, you know, that was, that was pretty cool. And I think, you know, looking back, you know, just being able to look at those memories I created, you know, so far in this year. I mean, now that you've gotten a chance to, I guess, look at it with after seeing film, some fresh eyes, you know, how does it compare to that very first one you had against Toronto? Uh, I would say it's similar, you know. Uh, I think it's just, you know, those moments, you, you just cherish them even more. Yeah. Even though it happened again, so it's just like, you know, uh, it's really uh, shocking still to me, I think. You know, it always takes me a while to process it because, you know, it's just so fast. It happens so fast. But, you know, it's, you know, it's definitely uh, you know, great to be able to just get the you know, experience right now of learning, you know, each and every single game, whether it win or loss, just knowing that, you know, I'm getting better each and every single day. And I think, you know, just down the line, it's moving forward. It's, you know, it's looking, it's looking bright. For sure. I mean, when you look back at, you know, the first game that you, you played in this season, I, I guess, how can you tell the differences or the strides that you've you've made? What's the biggest one that you notice? I think in each game, there's definitely something I'm learning different, um, I think, because, you know, going against different players and really just learning how to, uh, like, just grow in this league and knowing that uh, you have game pretty much every night. I think that's the biggest learning, you know, experience I've ha- I'm having right now is just learning to take care of your body and, you know, uh, the amount of games we play. Just, you know, being able to have that competitive spirit every single night, you know, uh, just going to each game. For sure. I mean, you're kind of inching a little bit closer to the amount of games that you played in your college career. I mean, you're at 24 right now, so you're about 15 <laughs> off, but I mean... How different have you have you noticed the the schedule of the NCAA versus the schedule of the NBA? Um, I would definitely say it's it's definitely a lot a lot more, uh, especially load wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say uh, it's a uh, it's definitely I think cool though too to see like you know just how you're growing you know throughout all the all all the games and being able to you know get the experience. I feel like it only helps you know going down the road mm-hmm. because you get to learn so much within one season. And I think, you know, that's exactly what I need just to continue to keep playing and playing. And, you know, uh, I think that's, you know, the best way to learn. So when you, 
we're, I guess, in the midst of the draft process and everything like that. Did you ever anticipate that you would be playing this much uh, as a starter in your rookie year? I definitely would say definitely worked uh, towards that goal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the rest, I just leave in God's hands. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's all I can do, you know, control what I can control. And, you know, God, he always makes a way, you know, to be able to um, give you the opportunity. And, you know, it's all glory to God to be able to have this opportunity right now to, you know, uh, say that I'm starting right now and, you know, getting good minutes for this team. So I'm curious when you found out about that first start, I believe it was that mm-hmm. Milwaukee game. Um, yeah. What went through your mind when they gave you that that message or or let you know, hey, you got the call to start tonight? I don't think we ever asked you mm-hmm. that. The only thing was, you know, the same mindset of, you know, when I had like five minutes or 10 minutes um, coming off the bench, I think I had a same mindset of just coming in and being aggressive and attacking, you know, the same the game the same way. You know, it actually reminds me a lot of, you know, when I first started at Duke, you know, for the first time. And, you know, uh, Coach Shari gave me his words of encouragement. He's telling me, you know, go, go, go be you. Don't even think. Just play your game. And, you know, just being able to have that same mindset coming into, you know, that Milwaukee game, I think that was huge because, you know, it's, you could just, you know, it's it's just all basketball at the same time, you know, whether you start or coming off the bench, you know, you, you got to come in and, uh, you know, still uh, perform. Yeah. So I'm just going to correct myself. Actually, it was the Cleveland game that was your first start. So my, my bad yeah. on that one. It was a okay. Cleveland game. Um, it's okay. <laughs> but... You know, you come from a basketball family, so I guess that 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 you can attribute some of your poise coming from between your dad and your four siblings. All of you guys kind of played. So, what kind of messages have they been kind of sharing with you throughout this entire rookie year and this experience? I definitely say, like one, it's different from a different perspective from everyone. Mm-hmm. My dad. Uh, he was, you know, it's always, you know, giving me some good advice, you know, on like certain things he went through and that helps, you know, me a lot, you know, to be able to, you know, uh, know how to get through certain situations that he's been through. And then, you know, with my brother, just, you know, him uh, always being there, you know, to encourage me after a game, you know, and showing me what he sees, you know, mm-hmm. and just be able to uh, learn, you know, from, learn from uh, each game. And I would say, you know, just as a family in general, though, just, you know, just having that support of, you know, knowing that, you know, I'm doing something big for the family and just they're, they're cheering me on to be able to, you know, continue to leave a good legacy for the Griffin family. I think you're on on a, on the right path for sure. And, and and speaking of family, what did your dad say after you hit that second buzzer beater? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was actually funny because he said, uh, man, that, that was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, i never seen anyone. Hit a shot like that with 0.5 seconds left uh, in my in my career like that. I actually texted him the night I was I was saying how uh, where is it where is it <laughs> oh man I want to find it so bad. I hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> we text a lot so like <laughs> yeah I I mean I'm sure because I I remember you telling telling us a, a few months back that he sends you tips on on film and everything like that i mean at this point is he still sending you tips uh off your film and everything oh yeah definitely uh like um he actually sends like a lot of clips just 
really each game he'll he'll watch it mm-hmm. i mean if he doesn't send it he'll just give me some pointers okay on like on how to get better but uh i don't know i remember what he said he said uh i mean i said uh are you, are you lucky that was on, on you on you again or something like that <laughs> <laughs> and what did he say back he was just uh, he was just laughing at it <laughs> I, I might have sent, said it on, on a phone call actually okay. but it, yeah, I mean, if you but guys was... are talking all the time, I'm sure it all becomes yeah. a blur and everything like that. But I think the the coolest thing, and we've talked about it a lot too, is how much trust, not only that you've built in the coaches, and we've asked you about that a lot before, but you kind of touched mm-hmm. on it a little bit after that um, game against the Bulls that your teammates have have begun to trust you a lot. And I'm curious mm-hmm. when you first noticed that that trust was kind of setting in and, and they were really starting to turn to you and rely on you a little mm-hmm. bit more. I think uh, it was after uh, it was after practice we had as a team and, you know, Coach was just saying, I don't like, uh, I think it's like when, before I started playing a lot, uh, just, you know, really just encouraging me, like, in front of the team to, like, get me on board with everyone, just, you know, wanting me to, uh, you know, just you know, it's really just play the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I play and just you know, play with confidence, and I think that's where like that that uh, that started because you know everyone else you know started to you know just you know give me advice. You know, they're so easy to talk to. Yeah. To ask them, you know, questions about like on how I could get better and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I think I've watched like everybody come up to you in timeouts. Um, you know, when you're on the floor together. I think last night against the Grizzlies, I saw you talking to John a lot. Um, I've seen you talk to Dre quite a bit to Trey a lot as well, DeJounte. So just having so many guys who come up to you and, and just offer advice unsolicited sometimes, like what does that say about the culture that the Hawks are kind of building this season? Yeah, I'll definitely say, this goes back to, um, you know, like training camp, but I mm-hmm. think, you know, Coach really set a good foundation of, you know, being together. And, like, we, we had this thing with this um, this rope where we you had to tie in three knots. And just how, uh, you know, throughout the year, we want to get to the end of the, the rope. And, like, each knot, like, you know, symbolizes us, like, coming together, like, a moment. We're able to, um, you know, grow as a team and grow together. And I think uh, that was good for our team because we're able to, you know, rise and, mm-hmm you know, uh, challenge each other to become better, you know, each day. And it's always, you know, everyone's supporting each other, uh, no matter what role you have on this team. Absolutely. And I think you, you touched on it perfectly, too, that this team has the capability to rise and, and support each other, but just rise to the occasion on a number of different nights. And And I think one of the things fans want to see is you guys be able to do that consistently. So I'm curious from mm-hmm. your perspective, how do you see this team being that scrappy uh, fight tooth and nail team every single game. I would definitely say, uh, I think just having everyone you know, you know healthy, I think that would be you know great for us. Mm-hmm. You know, because we'll be able to you know have that same uh, you know fight every night. Mm-hmm. But you know whether you know guys are out or, or in, we're able to you know still you know, be that same team, or we're able to still you know come out and play our heart mm-hmm. our hardest and. I think that's the good thing about this, you know, team is that no matter what, you know, we're always going to give our best effort and, you know, do what's uh, best for the team. For sure. For sure. I think, I feel like that's a good, 
note to end on as far as the brass tacks, I guess you would call it, or uh, Mm -hmm. the interrogation, so to speak. So now we want fans to kind of truly get to know AJA, the fun side, because we've all seen that you're you're a little bit of a a goofy guy every once in a while with the QB1 (laughs) quote for Jalen Johnson and and, um, comeback route and everything. So just... As far as AJ and just some fun questions, I'm I, you know I'm curious who is your favorite basketball player? Oh, favorite basketball player? Um, I don't really have one, but if I had to choose a, probably choose my dad or something. <laughs> I figured that's where you would go, but I was hoping that you would surprise me. <laughs> um, and then favorite food? Favorite food? Oh, stuffy breakfast food. It's either. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the French toast. Ooh, I'm with you yeah. on that one. I'm a French toaster waffles. Yeah. <laughs> French toaster waffles. I'm with you on that yeah. one. What is the last song you listened to? Last song I listened to is a worship song called Make Room. Mm-hmm. I usually listen to a lot, I listen to a lot, a lot of worship music throughout the day. I mean, but uh, it's usually on shuffle. Yeah. Well, we know that God's a huge part of your life, so I don't I don't think that that comes as a surprise to me, but you know, I'm sure a lot of Hawks fans are like, actually that is pretty surprising. Um, yeah. So I'm curious, the last the first time we talked actually, I asked if you you'd found a church in Atlanta that you were able to go to. Have you found one? You don't have to tell us which one it is, but have you found a, a religious community that you've been able to join? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, that was, like, one of the first things I did when I got to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I found one within, like, a month. So it was nice to, you know, start that foundation early and just knowing that, you know, that's home away from home. So Yeah. And so when you're on the road, do you, do you guys do, like, chapel or or do you have you found mm-hmm. a, a place that you can kind of go to for those moments? Yeah, well, we do. I know the NBA has chapel for every team, mm-hmm. you know, before the game. But uh, I have uh, in contact with my my pastor okay. uh, back. We'll go Facetime sometimes and just talk and check in and stuff. Very it's cool. like it's really good though. Um, and then I like to spend time alone with God by myself every day. So for sure, for sure. <clears throat> okay, so now kind of going back to the fun stuff a little bit too. Not that religion isn't fun, but <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm curious. What is the last movie or TV show that you watched? It's called Family Reunion on Netflix. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard it. It's actually pretty funny. Um, I just started watching it because someone recommended it to me. I'll have to add that one to my list. I have I have not yeah. heard of that one. Okay. Yeah, like it's kind of like one of those like family funny uh, shows. Yeah, like a sitcom. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Who do you? Who's in it? I can I don't know their name, but. <laughs> If you see them, you would know them. Okay. All right. So they're pretty famous. Just You're just not good with actors' names. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then what was the first thing that you bought with a game check? I think it was like a PC, like a gaming PC. Okay. Yeah. So what games are you playing right now? I I usually play Call of Duty, Fortnite, 2K, play some Madden. I'm not good at Madden, though. <laughs> <laughs> I lost to JJ. It, it wasn't pretty. We're not going to talk. <laughs> I'll, I'll go to him for the details. I'll go yeah. to him for the details. Uh, is there like a, a Hawks Call of Duty 
uh, group. Uh, I don't play video games, but is there like a Hawks Call of Duty group or whatever that you guys hop on mm-hmm. all the time and play together? Oh uh, yeah, well, me, me and DeAndre uh, usually play. Mm-hmm. Then uh, sometimes uh, Tyrese, Martin, you okay. he'll, he'll play with us. So. Very cool. All right. So the last and final question is: Who is your best friend on the team? I feel like I don't really have like, like a lot. I mean, like you don't have I'll a lot. Of, what? <laughs> no, I mean, not, not a lot. I mean, I mean, like uh, there's a lot of. Oh, okay. Uh, like anywhere I could go with that. All right. I don't want to say one because then like it cancels out like <laughs> everyone. <laughs> All right, we won't start any drama here on the Hawks report. <laughs> for the record alright so who do you spend the most time with then if they're, if not so much your best friend then who do you happen to spend the most time with just on holiday and really his brother too mm-hmm. uh, or Tyrese Martin okay yeah, me and I'm super close ever since uh, we got drafted so that's really cool that's really cool I can't imagine like what it's been like navigating this together especially both of you guys rookies coming in I mean who who gets it better than you know the two of you um so very cool well aj thank you so much for joining me here on the hawks report i'm honored that you were my first guest and uh we'll see you at the next shoot around or game or whichever it is (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for having me aj thank you again um for chatting with me last week this that was a great conversation And we hope to continue having more players here on the Hawks Report. Again, thank you guys for listening to us each and every week. And with that, this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.